Fred Shoemaker is one of the best golf instructors in the world, if not the best. In this particular podcast, I've taken out a portion of our discussion, and this is on putting, and it is absolutely brilliant. On, on If you listen to how Fred talks about putting, it can change your putting literally in seconds. So let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Okay, so Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me. We've been doing this on, I did it last Friday as well, um, and I definitely recommend you go back and listen to last Friday's podcast, um, another sort of episode with Fred Shoemaker and his brilliance. And this particular part of uh, the interview, I had remembered a situation when I was on the green. And again, I, I, I discussed pretty, I've discussed a number of times on the show how frustrated and upset I was at Fred Shoemaker and Extraordinary Golf, frankly, because we were in a golf school with people who had, you know, beginners all the way up to really, you know, very good players. And I was just upset that we were all grouped together. And so it was in this sort of bad mood. I was out on the putting green and it was the first day that we were out together and Fred had already sort of uh, got my goat a little bit on the golf swings, but we were out on the putting green and I was, I was putting. I've always kind of considered myself to be like an okay putter, but I always believed putting was sort of a streaky thing, right? Where some days you'd be good and some days you wouldn't be good. And that's just how it was. And you really, there wasn't anything you could do other than practice gobs and gobs to get any better. And I used to watch, you know, some of the, where, where our home course, the BYU Cougars golf team plays. So I used to watch them growing up just, you know, out with chalk lines and just grinding, chipping and putting and grinding. And I'm like, oh, so I used to go out and try to putt that much and it would just kill my back. And so I'd kind of got to the point where, you know what, I'm happy to practice putting a little bit in the office here and there. But some days I putt well and some days I don't. And I was okay with that. Well, this particular day on the putting green, I literally had like a 10 footer and I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a, it, it broke right to left, but it was 10 feet. And I, and we had a, just a bunch of range balls all over the, the green and we were all scattered about. There was 12 of us. So we're all scattered about. And I was putting, um, you know, towards this hole, but I wasn't making anything. And I remember thinking before Fred walked up to me, I just thought to myself, ah, this is just one of those days when you just can't make anything. So that was literally my mindset at the time. Oh, this is just a bad, a bad putting day for me. And I was okay with it. I'm like, okay, yeah, just a bad putting day. Anyway, Fred comes up behind me and I'll let him kind of come into the, the story. And when he's done, I'll wrap it up on what that meant to me after and how I implemented that for the months and the years afterwards. It's a, it's a really cool discussion, and I'm super, super happy that Fred talked about putting. I think you'll get a lot out of what he has to say. Everything just keeps popping into my head. But this goes back right. to the first school we had together. Okay. The first school we were there, and, I, and, and we'd moved on now to putting, and you were walking around talking to everybody about their putting. But you came up to me, and I was making a putt. And I've shared this story before with the listeners, but I can't wait to hear your side of this. So I, I was <laughs> okay. putting. And you came up to me and you said, hey, what's your target? And I would probably have like a 10-footer. 
And I said, you know, I was like kind of incredulous. Like, what do you mean what's my target? I'm lined up. I'm pointed. It's that hole right there. And you said, no, it's not. If that was your target, you would have made one by now. <laughs> I missed like 15 in a row, 10 footers. <laughs> and some of them weren't sniffing the hole. Um, but, and then you told me, hey, I, I just want you to look at that ball out there. And it was a ball that I putted that was past the hole. And there was a little Nike swoosh on it. I want you to hit that Nike swoosh with this putt, but I want you to keep your eyes out there and focus on that Nike swoosh. And I hit it, and there was a little, you know, it was on that corner of the, of the, you know, that top corner where there's a little slope. So it was a right to lefter, and I still hit it uh-huh. dead on right swoosh. And then you said that yeah. one over there, and I hit it again and again, and I was blown away by what had just happened. I went from missing the hole on a 10 footer to hitting 12, 13 footers dead on this little Nike swoosh. What, what happened yes. there? What, what made me a great putter well, all of a sudden? The whole notion of what's the target seems uh, ridiculous to people. Everybody knows what the target is. If you ask a person you're 100 yards from away from the hole, what's your target? Everyone will say the hole, the green, or the area around the hole. But if you take a person up to the top of the swing and you say, what's the truth about what's your target? Very few people say the hole. They say the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's like being in a business where people say, my target is the mission of the company. And then they get in a room with the people, and it comes about they change targets. It's about being right, dominating, you know, all the things that people do when they are unconscious. So mm-hmm. this notion that uh, that the the target leads out people's actions. Whatever your target is, is how you will act. So when you get to the first T, like I talked earlier, people, a lot of people's target is not wanting to be embarrassed, and that usually causes mm-hmm. tightening. But all we did with you is get in touch with the thing that you set as a target. It's over there. So it got you out of your head momentarily of how to stroke or you're making sure you roll the ball well or rock your triangle or a hundred other things that people will look at. And it got you to look over there and hit that. Your body has an amazing way of being able to react to targets. And it'll teach you more when you're reacting to a target like that, what your true putting stroke is. You know, for the first 50 years of American golf, it was kind of, you know, it was a risky stroke, Bobby Locke, Bobby Jones. And then it became little rest, risky, and now it's, you know, basically, you know, keep the thing like a triangle. And then now people are letting the putter head go more. There's all sorts of things. But what do you, what's going to be true for you, you know, 10 years from now and 20 years from now? See, when you're really with the target, your natural instinct or true stroke comes out. And I wanted you to see not only that how accurate you can be, but you could also start to feel what your body does when it does that. You know, so... There's no such thing as one stroke for everybody. I mean, I was always amazed that people have methods because how could one method possibly fit bodies since no two are ever alike? Mm-hmm. You can say it's kind of like, you know, you should swing kind of like Patrick Reed or something like that. Well, it's never mm-hmm. kind of like. They are, bodies are so different. The only thing you can be is you. And that mm-hmm. was the way, one, one way of bringing it out. And when you when you get out to a target like that and start hitting that Nike swoosh, it's possible you could put your head back to your golf ball and still be connected to, related to, responding to 
that same target out there. So just a couple observations to kind of wrap this thing up. Um, I'm telling you right now, you can listen to what Fred talks about there as many times as you want, and you'll get something else out of it because he, the man speaks in parables. And so every time you learn a little bit more about your putting, um, then the next thing that he says will make sense. But a couple things that came out of that experience, and I, I was literally, I, I was completely freaked out because I was in the, I was in this mindset that sometimes you putt well and sometimes you don't. And that's just fine. And, and Fred helped me see that it has nothing to do with, um, anything other than being connected to a target. And literally, there was no technique change. There was no stance widening. There was no straighten your arm or your back or he didn't touch anything. He didn't change my grip. He didn't do anything. He just made me focus on the Nike swoosh on a ball that was about 12 feet away and told me, okay, put this ball and hit that Nike swoosh. That's it. And, and while I was looking at the Nike swoosh, so I couldn't get into my head and start trying to manipulate and make myself do anything. I just had to react and let the ball go. And I couldn't believe I literally was more dumbfounded than anybody out there um, based on how I know I used to putt that I hit that Nike swoosh. It was unbelievable to me. And then we went on. Uh, I probably hit 12 in a row, almost dead center. And I was on a, a, a pretty, a pretty big right to left breaking putt. And yet I was knocking, just being so connected to a target and looking at it, my body just reacted, took into account the amount of break and the speed that needed to happen automatically without me thinking about it and had me hitting balls one after one. And like the other students who were around were watching this, were all freaked out. And then Fred brought us in and we had a really cool discussion on making sure that we are connected to the target. Now, if you go back and listen to that right at the end, Fred, Fred said something that's kind of sort of understated, but really important. And I wanted to make sure that we didn't skip over it. And that is Fred talks about how you can, I was obviously looking at a ball and picking out a Nike swoosh and being so focused on that target that my body was able to swing the putter and hit a golf ball that connected, that hit this other golf ball, which is insanity, right? You'd make everything if you could do that every single time. Um, but he said something right at the end there that was important, that that you can then, I can be so focused with the target, say a Nike swoosh, then rotate my head back to my ball and still remain connected to that Nike swoosh on that ball or whatever I've chosen as my target and my body will still react to that target as if I was looking right at it. Okay. So that's kind of an important thing. It's kind of the rest of the story was I went home. I went right back to putting the way I did um, after the school, which shows you what a, a, a dipstick I am. But I went right back. I had some good days, some bad days. And then one day I was kind of sitting there going, what are you doing? You, uh, you just putted like the best in your life in Carmel. What are you doing? 
And so I literally started looking at my target. I started looking at the hole. I started looking at the ball and I started making everything, um, everything. And so, so much so that my friends were freaking out. My buddies were freaking out. Everybody but Thane. Thane knew exactly what was going on. But uh, we had, I had such a good putting summer. And now over the winter, I kind of got away from it. Um, and I started to notice this is kind of something that will happen. Well, at least it happened to me. I, by looking at the hole or looking at the target, I started to sway a little bit. And that kind of brings in why I developed that whole picture frame uh, putting technique is to kind of help me so I didn't have to move. But I can now look at the ball or look at the target or whatever. As long as you are connected, literally, you have in your mind's eye that target. It doesn't matter if you're looking at it or if you're looking down at the ball, if you start swaying in your putting stroke like I tend to do, then you can be connected to the target and let your body move towards it. And it's not about technique and it's not about keeping a wrist firm and it's not about uh, trying to hit the ball, trying to hit up on the ball with overspin. It's none of that stuff. None of that stuff works as well as just letting yourself be you and just letting yourself do something that you need it to do without using your conscious mind to screw it all up. Subconsciously, just connect to a target and let your body just be itself and let it go. That is the most fun, the most wonderful golf you will ever play. And again, I thank Fred Shoemaker and I thank Extraordinary Golf for making that possible for me. For That mindset, that change, that epiphany, that it has been all the difference in my golf game and, and my enjoyment out of golf has changed completely with no frustration, no club throwing, no swearing, no nothing, just enjoying being out there and playing really good golf with no pressure, no tension, just having a ball. And that's what the game is all about. And that's what Fred Shoemaker and uh, the whole extraordinary school experience does for your golf game and frankly for your life it's much more than just golf so anyway thanks for listening today as always please remember better data always means better golf and the best data means the best golf and that's from extraordinary golf and brought to you by data access golf my name's aaron stewart hope you have a great weekend and hope you enjoy listening to more from fred shoemaker next friday thanks Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.